Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter 24 of Eclipse titled Snap Decision. That's right, we're at the climax of the book. Remember last week we had Edward loudly talking in the tent about how he's going to marry Bella. And then Jacob, who was eavesdropping on the other side of the tent, was like, no. So then he went running off into the forest and Bella's like, oh my God, I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible person. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah. And so then she's like, Edward, go get him. And so then she's just left hanging around with Seth Clearwater, who's a wolf. And he's like not having a bar of Bella. And Bella's being so fucking annoying. And she's all blaming herself because she's in love with two people. She just decides that she's in love with both of them. What type of crazy town behavior is that? And so then Jacob comes back and he's like, don't worry, Bells. I'm going to go and kill myself on the battlefield unless you like fall in love with me. And she's like, fine, come kiss me. And he's like, what? And she's like, come on, come kiss me. And so then he kisses her and it's super freaking creepy. And then all of a sudden, after it being creepy for like, I don't know, 10 minutes, she starts kissing back. And then she's like, yeah, I love him. What can I do? I love him. And I'm like, what? Since when? Since when? What a frustrating chapter. It's a frustrating book, to be quite honest with you. And it's so weird because I'm reading Insurgent, the Divergent sequel over on Patreon. You can listen along at patreon.com slash breaking down bad books. And there are so many similarities between Bella and Triss. This sacrificial streak that's between the two of them is so frustrating to me as a reader. It's like, it's at that point where I'm like, sure, Bella, go into the clearing and go and sacrifice yourself to the newborns. I'd love that. We could continue this story from the perspective of Jasper or someone. That'd be much more interesting to me because you are dragging me down, Bella Swan. And in this chapter, she's just as ridiculous. So chapter 24, it's called Snap Decision. She's waiting in the tent, waiting for Edward to find out that she was just macking on with Jacob. She said she's waiting for justice to find her. She's hoping that an avalanche would bury her there. She says, I never wanted to have to see my face in the mirror again. And initially I was like, well, that's great because you're gonna become a vampire and you won't have a reflection anyway. But then I forgot that these vampires in the Twilight Saga. They're not real vampires, are they? And I think they do have reflections because if they didn't, what are the people at Forkside doing to not notice that that whole pack of attractive people at that table in the cafeteria, none of them have reflections. And then she says, out of nowhere, Edward was stroking her hair. So he just 
apparates into the tent. This is what frustrates me about Bella as well, because she's our narrator. And so all the stuff is happening between vampires and she's just like giving us a play-by-play of vampires moving at super speeds. She's telling us about regret that she can see in James's eyes or Laurent raising one eyebrow very subtly and she can sense hesitation in Alice's movements. And yet Edward just unzipped a tent, zipped it back up again, and she didn't even notice a thing. So it's like, pick a lane. Are you eagle-eyed or are you not? And so Edward says, are you all right? And she says, no, I want to die. And it's like, well, Bella, we're here to prevent that, actually. A lot of people are going to a lot of effort to prevent that. And here you are saying you want to die. What a slap in the face. And he says, I'll never allow that to happen, actually. And she says, well, you might change your mind about that. And she thinks about how Jacob, who had just run off into the clearing, he's bloody gleeful because he thinks that Bella likes him. And because of the mind connection through the pack, the whole pack know. And Seth Clearwater, he's outside of the tent probably thinking Bella's such a ganger. He's thinking, who's this slut? To get some insight into Seth's head, that's what I want. And so then Edward, he must read Seth's mind. And he goes, oh, (laughs) he's like, oh boy, that's a lot. That's a lot to process. And that makes her feel shit because she's like, oh no, he's reading Seth's mind. I'd rather die than have him find out what I did. And then Edward starts chuckling. Old chuckles Carlin he is, he's chuckling. And he says, I thought I fought dirty. He says, he makes me look like the patron saint of ethics. Yeah, because if I had to describe Edward, it would be ethical. Like sure, he doesn't kill people. He drinks animal blood, but also he sneaks into girls' bedrooms at night and watches them sleep without their knowledge. So I mean, the ethics are a bit murky. Remember how at the start of this book, Bella just wanted to go and visit her friend and he disabled the engine out of her car? Like, there's there's some grey areas with old Edward Cullen, with old Chuckles Cullen. And then he's brushing her cheek and he says, I'm not mad at you, love. Jacob's more cunning than I give him credit for. I do wish you hadn't asked him, though, because she asked him to kiss her, which means that he can now not punch Jacob in the face because she asked for it some weird logic going on there. Edward says he would have kissed you anyway, even if you hadn't fallen for it. And now I don't have an excuse to break his face. And she's like, fallen for it? What do you mean? And he's like, Bella, you dumb bitch. He says, Bella, did you really believe he was that noble? That he would go out in a flame of glory just to clear the way for me? You silly idiot. And she's like, oh, I guess I didn't think about that. She says, yeah, I believed him. Hook, line and sinker. And you'd think she'd be angry at Jacob for playing that whole suicidal card, but she's not. She says, I didn't feel any anger at Jacob for tricking me. There wasn't enough room in my body to contain anything besides the hatred I felt towards myself. And then Edward's laughing again. He says, you're such a bad liar. You'll believe anyone who has the least bit of skill. What what a way to rub salt in the wounds. She says she's hating herself and he's laughing and then calling her a bad liar of all things. And gullible. Talk about hitting her while she's down. And she's like, why aren't you mad at me? Why don't you hate me? And he's like, ah, don't worry, babes, you're only human. And she goes, that's the most miserable defense I've ever heard. And he says, but you are human, Bella. And as much as I might wish otherwise, so is he. There are holes in your life that I can't fill. Oh, okay. 
There's holes in Bella's life that he can't fill. We know that because you're refusing to have sex with her. Flat out refusing to fill those holes. Also, is Jacob that human? Like, I get that he's human like half the time. But he's not human human. And then Bella says, that's not true. That's what makes me so horrible. There are no holes. Oh, there's a lot of talk about holes. That was unexpected. And he says, you love him. And she says, I love you more. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. But when I left you, Bella, I left you bleeding. Jacob was the one to stitch you back up again. That was bound to leave its mark on both of you. I'm not sure those kinds of stitches dissolve on their own. I can't blame either of you for something I made necessary. What the hell is he talking about? Like, have you ever gone to a doctor to stitch you up and then you've fallen in love with the doctor and then that's the fault of the person that made you go see the doctor? Is that what he's saying? That relatable scenario that we've all had experience in? What's he talking about? Oh, Jacob stitched you back up again. All he did was be nice. He was her friend. It's not like they dated. What's he talking about? She says, stop that. I want you to call me every bad name you can think of in every language you know. I want you to tell me that you're disgusted with me, blah, blah, blah. And he says, nah, I can't do that. And I'm like, well, can I sub in and help? I've got a lot of names I could call Bella Swan. And so then Edward says, I can be noble, Bella. I'm not going to make you choose between us. Just be happy and you can have whatever part of me you want or none at all, if that's better. (sighs) Far out. Don't let any debt you feel you owe me influence your decision. Dude, she said she'd marry you. Like, are we going to have this conversation again? Oh, Lord. Again. A fucking again. Nothing new, nothing changed, same old shit. Same old fucking shit. Like how many times does she need to accept your proposal? Yes, her kissing another man is a bit of a mixed message. But still, she could not be more direct about wanting to join you in the immortal afterlife. And she's like, stop it. She's annoyed because he keeps trying to make her feel better. And he's like, what? I'm just saying, Bells. I mean it. And she's like, yeah, I know you mean it. But what happened to fighting back? Don't start with the noble self-sacrifice now. Fight. Why is there a fight? Why is there a fight, Bella? Just say, actually, yeah, you're right. I'm not interested in this Jacob character. The only reason I kissed him is because he was threatening to go and kill himself on the battlefield. So I gave in, made out with him for a little bit, didn't mean anything, got it out of my system. I'm just focused on you. But instead she's putting the onus back on Edward to fight. It's like, or you could just be less complicated. You could dial down the love triangle drama and just be chill. Just be chill, Bells. And then she's throwing herself into his lap, throwing her arms around him. And she says, fight back, Edward, fight back. Make me forget how awful I am. Make me forget him. Make me forget my own name. So she's pretty much saying, root me, (laughs) fill those holes. She'll try anything, that Bells. She'll try anything. So then she's, pushing her mouth against his mouth. She says, I crushed my mouth to his snow cold lips. And he says, careful love. Is he calling her love uh, more than usual? I feel like that's the second time he's called her love. Since when did that happen? Has he called her that before? Just out of nowhere, he's got a pet name for her. And so he says, careful love while she's kissing him. And she goes, no. And so then he gently pushed her face a few inches back. He's pushing her face away from him. Oh my goodness gracious me. You know what? I changed my mind. If I were Bella, I'd say, you're done. Because no, 
No, you are not pushing me off your face. I'm going to go and make out with Jacob. That's what I'd do. I'd say he wants to kiss me. I'm going to go make out with him and he can fill my holes. You had your chance, Ed. You had it. You blew it. And I'm going to go get my hole filled. That's what I'd tell him. You don't go pushing my face off when I'm trying to kiss you. No way. But she's not deterred. She just keeps trying to kiss him. She's all over him. She's giving him a lap dance. And he says, hey, maybe now isn't the best time. And she says, why not? Um, because there's a newborn army coming to kill you? She's forgotten about that in all the drama. In all the love triangle drama, she got all swept up. She forgot about the fight happening in the clearing. Maybe because the vampires are still fucking walking from Seattle. The 48 hour trek from Seattle. Oh God, that's ridiculous. Oh, that makes my blood boil. Makes my blood boil. Forrest Gump can run across the continent of North America in a quicker time than it takes a group of 20 newborn vampires to get from Seattle to Forks. The same state. They're just a lollygagging, dawdling down the Olympic Peninsula. Pick up the pace, newborns. And so Edward, he says, yeah, it's not the time nor the place because it's cold for one. Like what? Yeah, I forgot about the whole freezing to death storyline. And so then he pulls up the sleeping bag off the cold floor and wraps it around her like a blanket. Like that's not how sleeping bags work, Ed. You go in them, you don't wrap them around you. That's not going to warm a bitch up. And then he says, well, you do actually stink as well, love. Love again. And he says, and Bella, we will try, as in we'll try and have a root, but just not right now. I'd much rather it wasn't in reaction to Jacob Black. And he's got a point there. He's got a point there. So he's just listing all the reasons why he doesn't want to have sex with her. And then Seth howls outside the tent. And she's like, rot roll, because it's about to happen. The vampires are finally arriving from their big road trip from Seattle. And he says, it's going to be fine, Bells. We've got skill, training, and surprise on our side. It'll be over really soon. If I didn't believe that, I'd be down there right now. And you'd be chained to a tree or something along those lines. Yeah, that would help her. Let's chain her to a tree. That would protect her. That doesn't make any sense. Or you could send her literally anywhere else. But yeah, okay. I just put her on a plane to Hawaii. We know vampires can catch planes. We've established that. That's the one bit of vampire law that's canon in these books. But can a newborn vampire catch a plane? I doubt they'd have the control to get through security or customs. So pop her on a plane to Hawaii and settle it out in Seattle on the ground. Come on. Why would you chain her to a tree before exploring that option? So she starts freaking out. Bella starts freaking out because the fight's happening. She goes, Alice, she's so small. Oh my God. Oh my goodness gracious me. How many times have we had to say that fucking Alice is more than capable of holding her? Oh my goodness gracious me. She can also see the fucking future. Oh, but oh, she's so small. Oh, she's so small. Oh, for fuck's sake. And so Seth starts to whimper and she's like, what's wrong? And Edward says, he's just angry that he's stuck here with us. He knows the pack kept him out of the action to protect him. He's salivating to join them. And so she scowls in Seth's general direction because she's just still mad at Seth. Poor 15 year old Seth is copping the brunt of Bella's fury. And also you're scowling at him, but he's on the other side of a tent. Bells. He's on the other side of a tent. He doesn't know you're scowling at him. What's the purpose of scowling at him if he can't see the scowl? Oh, this stupid Bella. I hate Bella. So Edward tells us that the newborns have reached the end of the trial. Finally, finally fucking 
I'm getting activated, guys. Happy Easter. I'm activated. Um, so Edward says it works like a charm. Jasper's a genius. They've caught the scent of the ones in the meadow. So they're splitting into groups. Just as Alice said, oh, everything's going perfectly. We'll see how long that lasts. And he says, Sam's taking them around to head off the ambush party. And then suddenly Edward looks at Bella and he says, breathe Bella, because you know, she has to be reminded to breathe. And then she says, I struggled to do what he asked. She struggled to breathe. She struggled to breathe. And then she could hear Seth's heavy panting outside the tent wall. And so she tried to keep her lungs on the same even pace so that she wouldn't hyperventilate. So she's matching her breaths to the panting of a werewolf. I, I, don't, I don't see how that would stop her from hyperventilating. But okay, so, okay, to remind her to breathe, she's copying Seth's breathing. I, I, I mean, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness gracious me. This character is the dumbest character. I, I, oh. <sighs> so Edward says the first group are in the clearing. Emmett's enjoying himself. The second group are getting ready. One of the newborns caught their scent. So Leah, she cut them off and killed one of them, I guess. And he's like, good job, Leah. And so Edward's just commentating like it's a football game. He's like, both sides faint. Sam leads, stay out of the way. Don't let them protect each other's back. That's better, drive them towards the clearing. Just giving a play-by-play. And Bella's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then she says, the sudden absence of sound was the only warning. <laughs> okay. The deep rush of Seth's breathing cut off. And as I'd paced my breaths with his, I noticed. So Seth stopped breathing, so she does too, I guess. She, oh, this stupid, oh. Okay, so she, she says, I stopped breathing. <laughs> Imagine being reminded that you need to breathe as much as Bella Swan. And she only notices the sound of silence because she's now like, I don't know, suffocating because she hasn't drawn in breath. Oh, what a freaking idiot. And so she's like, oh, something must be wrong. <laughs> she's like, oh no, what's been going on? Have we lost someone? Well, she says, who had been lost? Theirs or ours? Well, obviously one of yours, Bells. Obviously. Seth and Edward aren't going to be struck silent because some random newborn vampire died. So then she says she's on her feet because the tent was collapsing in ragged shreds around her. And she's like, is Edward ripping us out? That's weird. (laughs) She's always so slow. (laughs) She's the slowest on the uptake. She goes, has Edward ripped our way out of the tent? Why? (laughs) Cause it's gone to shit, Bells. It's gone to shit, love. And so she's blinking in the sunlight and Seth and Edward are staring at each other with absolute concentration for one infinite second. An infinite second, now what is that? What, what's an infinite second? I guess it's just a second that feels long, perhaps. She says the sun shattered off Edward's skin and sent sparkles dancing across Seth's fur. Seth's fur is reflecting Edward's glittery skin? How does that happen? It's me. And then Edward says, go Seth. And so Seth runs off into the forest. And then she says, had two entire seconds passed, it felt like hours. What, how? How could, it, how could that possibly be hours? You just said it all happened so fast. Suddenly the tent got torn down and you're in the sunlight and they're staring at each other and then Seth runs off and you're like, God, it must've been hours. It was a whole infinite second. What's filling the time? There's not that much action. You're saying it's going all quick and then you're saying that's two seconds past? What? Of course two seconds have passed. 
And she says she was terrified that something had gone wrong in the clearing and she opened her mouth to demand that Edward take her there. She says they needed him and they needed me. If I had to bleed to save them, I would do it. I would die to do it like the third wife. I had no silver dagger in my hand, but I would find a way. Okay, what's your game plan then, Bells? What are you going to do? You're going to go into the clearing and then cut yourself so you get killed by vampires. Do you think they're just going to kill you and then just turn around? And just go home and be like, okay, that was a good successful road trip to Forks. Back to Seattle we go. Like, no, they're not just going to kill you and then move on with their lives. They're going to try and keep attacking the Cullens and the Wolves. What power do you think you have, Bells? But then Edward's dushed her back to the edge of a cliff face or something because she's just been swooshed over and then she's pinned back against the sheer cliff face she tells us which mustn't be very comfortable but edward's standing in front of her in that protective posture and then she feels relieved she says relief washed through me nothing had gone wrong in the clearing the crisis was here so everyone down there was safe they're still being attacked bells she's relieved that now Edward and her are in danger. Like I thought the whole point of you not letting Edward fight is that so he would be safe. And now you're relieved that the crisis is at Edward's doorstep. What the, I tell you what, if there, oh, if there are a prize for inconsistent character motivations, Bella fucking Swan, she'd win it. She'd win it. Oh my goodness gracious me. <sighs> I really think these books raise my blood pressure. I should probably get that checked. Okay, anyway, so the crisis was here. She says, something was coming for us. And she says, who, who do you fucking think? Who do you think, Bella Swan? Oh God. And Edward says, Victoria. Wow. Okay. Mic drop. Who had, who had money on Victoria? No, no one saw this coming. Not, not a single person. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He says, she's not alone. She crossed my scent following the newborns in to watch. She never meant to fight with them. She made a spur of the moment decision to find me, guessing that you would be wherever I was. She was right. You were right. It was always Victoria. The old spur of the moment decision meant that Alice saw none of this. None of it. That doesn't explain why Alice never saw Victoria. (laughs) Just a spur of the moment decision. She was still walking towards the clearing to scope it out. She was here. She was in the mix. And Alice saw none of it because it was a spur of the moment decision just then. What? What? Why, Why did Alice not see Victoria at all? She's blindsided. And why did they never think that they would just try and smell Edward? They went to all these lengths to cover up Bella's smell, but they never once thought about covering up Edward's smell. He couldn't have just squirted on a few extra squirts of cologne this morning. Doused himself in Calvin Klein. I mean, come on. I need to introduce him to my upstairs neighbor who I sometimes catch the elevator with because whenever I walk into that elevator, I'm like, woof, there's Lynx Africa. He knows how to lay it on thick. If I was a vampire trying to track someone and I got into that elevator with my neighbor, I wouldn't be able to smell for another few days. I'd be useless because of the smell of Lynx Africa invading my nostrils. So Edward really should have gone that route, but no, he didn't. Anyway, so Victoria smelled Edward and Alice was none the wiser. And so she feels relief again. She says, if it had been the Volturi, we were both dead. But with Victoria, it didn't have to be both. Edward could survive this. Again, why do you think Victoria's just gonna kill you and then walk off? Or Edward's not gonna chase after her and then get in a fight to the death with her? Why does she, what, 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 what is she thinking? That vampires live by some sort of honor code where they're like, oh, well, the debt's paid, mate for mate, I'll be off. And also, yeah, I know Victoria had the whole mate for mate thing, but don't you think she would probably want to kill Edward as well since he's the one that killed James? That might be high up on her to-do list. But no, Bella, Bella's relieved because she thinks Edward will walk away scot-free with a dead girlfriend. And he's already admitted and shown through his past actions, that if Bella were dead, he wouldn't be alive much longer. And she's like, oh, thank God Edward's going to survive. Did you learn nothing from fucking Volterra? Oh my God, this stupid Bella Swan. (sighs) And then out of all this, she says, I was glad that Edward sent Seth away. I'm glad that Seth was safe. He could have helped you. He could have helped you. So maybe it would be worthwhile if he was there. She's just got this bloody sacrificial streak, just like Triss. Ah. So then two vampires walk towards her. One is a blonde boy. He's got vivid red eyes and he's muscular. So I'd like to know a bit more about him. And then there's Victoria. She says her orange hair was brighter than I'd remembered. More like a flame. Well, that's interesting because you've described her hair as being flame-like consistently both in this book, the book prior, the one before that. You've consistently described her hair as flame-like and, but no, it's brighter than she's imagined. So maybe it's because the actress has been recast for Eclipse. Maybe that's the reference. Maybe she was expecting someone else and she got Bryce Dallas Howard. That's what I assume. So it's a standoff. Victoria's staring at Bella. Edward's staring at Victoria. The other guy's just staring around, having fun. Happy to be on a road trip to Forks. But Victoria can't keep her eyes off of Bella. And Bella says she was so close to what she wanted. The focus of her whole existence for more than a year now was just so close. My death. 
Again, why she doesn't want to kill Edward, the one who actually killed James, I'm not too sure, but let's just skip over it. We're going to have to suspend disbelief and get on the train. All aboard, toot toot. And she says again, she's looking at this other vampire and she's like, yeah, he looks strong, but he looks dumb, is what she's saying. He's strong, but inept. Edward would know how to fight him. Edward would survive. I, I, again, I really don't think he would. So then Edward tries to be a mentalist and he tries to get into this guy Riley's head. And he's like, Riley, listen to me, Riley. She's lying to you, Riley. She doesn't really love you, Riley. She's lied to them and she's lying to you now. And Riley's like, get out of my head. And he says, Riley, she loved someone named James. She doesn't love you. You're no more than a tool to her. He says, she knows that I will kill you, Riley. She wants you to die so that she doesn't have to keep up the pretense anymore. And Riley's like, what is going on? I didn't know we had special skills. Riley's gooped. He's thinking, how does this magician know what's going on with my inner life? And Edward just keeps going on. You've suspected it all along, Riley. Like, I don't think Riley has. Riley didn't have a fucking clue. You suspected a false note in her promises. You were right. She never wanted you. Every kiss, every touch was a lie. And I'm like, okay, why are they not pouncing on them? (laughs) Victoria, you've wanted this. You've planned this for like a year. Why are you just letting Edward mentalize Riley? Just get on with it. And he says, there's other ways to live, Riley. It's not all lies and blood, Riley. You can walk away right now. Or he could just fucking pounce and kill you guys. I don't know why Victoria's just letting you have a big speech, Ed. And then finally, Victoria says, he's the liar, Riley. And Bella says, my mouth fell open in shock at the sound of her voice. Her voice was not the strong wild cat-like growl I would have put with her face and stance. It was soft. It was high. A babyish soprano tinkling. A babyish soprano tinkling. The kind of voice that went with blonde curls and pink bubble gum. I really get sexist vibes from Stephanie Meyer. Like, it just seems so patronizing that we've got this strong female villain and then she's got a little baby voice. She's got a little baby voice. It seems condescending in a way. Like, why? And later on she says her baby voice was shrill with disbelief. So she's just calling it a baby voice. Like, this person could kill you. She's almost killed you in the past. She's just summoned up an army of vampires to kill you. Stop degrading her by saying that she has a baby voice. She's a very capable vampire. I'm on Victoria's side. (laughs) I think it's offensive, the way they're talking about her. Anyway, so Victoria says... But then a mammoth tan shape flew through the center of the opening, throwing Riley onto the ground. Guess what? It's Seth. Edward didn't actually send him away inexplicably. He was just hiding, ready to pounce. And I don't know. Was Edward trying to stall with the whole chat with Riley? I don't really know. Anyway, Victoria's shouting out in her shrill baby voice, being like, no. And so then shit's going down. Seth is tearing this blonde muscular vampire apart. And Victoria could not give a shit. She could not give a shit about Paul Riley. She's just still death staring Bella Swan. And then Riley, he gets back up on his feet and then he kicks Seth in the shoulder and she hears a bone crunch. I'm like, okay, Riley, why are you kicking? You're a vampire, dude. You've got teeth that can tear his neck open and and you're throwing kicks. And then Edward and Victoria, they're dancing. Well, they're not really dancing. They're squaring off to fight each other, but Bella calls it dancing. 
Bella says she sashayed back, moving from side to side, trying to find a hole in his defense. Okay, sashayed? What are you, RuPaul now? And then he began to move just a fraction of a second before she moved, reading her intentions in her thoughts. He shadowed her footwork lithely, stalking her with perfect concentration. Again, how can Bella see any of this? Can't notice him entering a tent, but she can see all the fancy crouching tiger hidden dragon footwork. Okay, sure. She can see Victoria sashaying around. Okay, got it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so then Seth and Riley are still going at it and Riley still taking swipes with his hands. Seth can easily take on Riley. Riley seems like the biggest bloody dum-dum because he's using his legs. He's trying to punch a wolf. What are you doing trying to punch a wolf? You're a vampire. Did anyone tell him he's a vampire? And so then Victoria, she's still sashaying back. And Edward's like, where are you going, babe? He says, don't run. Don't run. You'll never get another chance like this. You can always run later. Plenty of time for that. That's what you do, isn't it? It's why James kept you around, because you had an uncanny instinct for escaping. What? That's her talent? That's her vampire skill? Escaping? <laughs> God, this book. <laughs> what a riot. Imagine James just keeping her around because she can escape things. How often does that come in handy? Are they robbing banks? Maybe they're robbing banks. <laughs> oh, that's why James kept you around, right? <laughs> And then Edward says, he shouldn't have left you. He could have used your skills when we caught up to him in Phoenix. Oh yeah, he could have used the skills of an escape artist. But Edward's just trying to, you know, get into her head. Cause then he's like, that's all you ever were to him. It's so silly to waste so much energy avenging someone who had less affection for you than a hunter for his mount. You were never more than a convenience to him. I would know. And I think Edward's bullshitting, but she doesn't get that. She's like screech and she's getting bloody flustered. And then meanwhile, Riley is punching Seth. Uh, Riley, use your teeth. And then she, oh my God. She says, I want to plead with Riley, please, please. He's just a child. Like what she's gonna, she's gonna say to bloody Riley that he's just a child, please back off. I know this wolf just pounced at you and tore off half of your bloody arm, but he's just a kid, back up. She says, I couldn't find the muscles to make my mouth open. And that, and that's why she didn't plead with Riley to not kill Seth. Oh, was it just going to be like, oh, you know what? Good point. Thank you, Bells. I will stop fighting this werewolf that's attacked me. Yeah. Thank you, Bells. I didn't know he was just a kid. My mistake. This stupid bloody Bella Swan. Oh boy. And so then Victoria's looking at Seth being like, how's this werewolf fighting with Edward? That's crazy. When did that happen? And Edward says, he won't turn on me. You provided us with a common enemy. You allied us. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, there was also a treaty. Famously, there was a treaty. But yep, you did this, Victoria. And then he says to Victoria, look more closely. Is he really so much like the monster James tracked across Siberia? What the fuck's he talking about? Did James track his werewolf across Siberia? Did we already know that? Maybe we did know that. Why do we know that? I'm not too sure. What, what's Siberia got to do with anything? What's James doing in Siberia? God, he got around. I miss James. Justice for James. Bring him back. And then she says in her little girl's soprano voice, impossible. <laughs> and Edward's like, nothing's impossible. What the fuck are they talking about? Just werewolves being friendly? Is that what they're talking about? And so in the middle of that chat about Siberia, (laughs) they're getting closer to each other. They're still in some weird little standoff dance. And then she says the dance increased in tempo. Does she know it's not actually a dance? 
We're getting a lot of dance terminology from Bella Swan, who has never indicated that she's ever been involved in dance, seen a dance, taken a dance class, not once. She wasn't dancing at prom. Or if she was, it was because Edward was floating her around the room. Never once has she indicated that she knows any dance terminology, but now she's whipping out sachet and tempo (laughs) and choreography. But she says, oh, they were moving too fast for me to see who was making mistakes. (laughs) Oh, now they're moving too fast. All right, eagle eyes. Oh, and then Riley, he was distracted by the violent ballet. Okay, Stephanie Meyer just looked up dance on a thesaurus and just pulled out a bunch of words. (laughs) Oh my God. She pulled out the old Encyclopedia Britannica and just looked up dance terms because now she's talking about ballet. Oh, actually, you know what? Bella did do ballet as a kid. I forgot about that. All right, I take it back. I forgot about the whole scene in the ballet studio with James and how she used to take classes in Phoenix. Bella's a dancer. (laughs) Slipped my mind. Slipped my bloody mind. Although really, do you think that's a consistent characterization that Bella knows dance stuff because she did ballet once as a kid? I don't know. I don't know if she really did ballet, you know what I mean? I think she showed up to ballet lessons and just got out of it by pretending she had a sore foot or something and sitting at the side of the room. That's what I suspect. And so Riley, he's still punching Seth in the chest. Now he's trying backhanded blows, like that'll help. Riley, use your teeth. I just want to pull Riley aside and have a pep talk and just say, dude. But Riley must have got him good because then a low whimper escapes through Seth's teeth and she can hear that low whimper apparently. And so she's like, that's it, enough. I need to do something. (laughs) So she finds a rock and she uses the rock and she like, Ah, she cuts herself. She cuts herself to distract. She says, we need a distraction. And she's really just copying the story of the third wife from the Quileute legend. She's never once had an original thought or an original plan. She's just stealing ideas from bloody tribal history. She thought this will do the trick. Oh my God. She thinks the distraction will give them an edge. Would you really want to distract Edward while he's fighting for his life against Victoria? I mean, I wouldn't personally. And so she gets a stone, she cuts herself, whatever. And then she's like, oh, Victoria's going to go wild with this one. Yeah, because you want her to have bloodlust. And then so she's staring into Victoria's eyes and she goes, I think I hear a familiar exasperated sigh. And I'm like, yeah, that's Edward being like, oh, this fucking bitch. Edward is like, I know I love her. I love her. But she's bloody testing me. She is trying my patience. And then Bella says in that same second, Well, no, she says in that same short second, all seconds are short. Um, In that same short second, the dance broke violently apart. She says it happened so quickly that it was over before I could follow the sequence of events. And and then she she goes on to tell us the sequence of events in a play by play. (laughs) Okay, so she tells us, even though it happened so quickly in a short second, she couldn't even see any of it. She tells us that Edward, all but invisible, had twisted backward and caught unsuspecting Riley by the arm. Almost invisible, but apparently she can see him. Okay. And so Edward's got his foot against Riley's back and then Seth leaps into the air and then Victoria, she's lunging. But then as she jumps, something white hits her, which I assume is Edward, because I guess he's white, even though he is wearing clothes. So maybe it's just his pale face. I don't know, but he's white apparently. But we go, I mean, most people in these books are white, but okay. So he's white. Something white hits Victoria. She lands up a tree. (laughs) Oh, okay. No, 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 no. 
it wasn't Edward launching himself at her. It was like Riley's arm, Riley's detached arm was thrown like a missile at Victoria and knocked her off the perch. And I think it was a bear arm, of course, because it was white. Okay. Okay. So we're clear on that. Thanks for the narration, Bella. I'm so glad you were there to catch all of this. So then Riley's retreating. So Riley's still alive. He's bloody energizer bunny, tearing him to shreds and he's still going. God bless him. God bless his gumption and his energy. I wish I had that much energy. I could have five coffees and a pre-workout powder in the morning and I still wouldn't have that much energy. No way. Nuh-uh. But then Riley's off balanced because he's just got one arm, which I think is a bit, it's a bit on the nose to describe him as clearly off balance end quote, because he has one arm. And then Seth sinks his teeth into Riley's shoulder. God, Riley's really copping it. And then with an ear splitting metallic screech, Riley lost his other arm. And I don't think they need to worry about Riley anymore. Why? Because he's armless. (laughs) But um, tish. (laughs) He's armless. That's hilarious. Um, Okay. So then Riley's still not bloody dead yet. So he's screaming out, Victoria, Victoria. And Victoria's like, uh, none of my business. Victoria's like, I don't know you. And then Seth, he launches himself forward with the force of a wrecking ball. I came in like a wrecking ball. And that wrecking ball thrusts both Seth and Riley into the trees. And there's this metallic screeching sound matched with Riley's screams. And the screams abruptly cut off while the sounds of rock being ripped to shreds continue. So I think Riley's dead. And again, very grateful that Bella witnessed everything. (laughs) She processed it all in that split second. Um, Okay, so then Victoria, she's like, Riley, none of my business. No one mourns the wicked over here. And she starts focusing back on Edward. While she stopped to watch that interaction, I don't know, but she's back on Edward. But then her eyes are sort of darting and Edward's like, ah, 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 no more escape artisting. And so he's like, stay just a little while longer. And then Edward runs after her while she tries to go back into the forest. So she is like, yeah, I'm out, peace. And Edward's like, not on my watch. Where's Jacob in all of this? Because there's a mind pack connection, right? And I don't know if the clearing's that far away. I would have thought Jacob would have been back like that but I guess he was having too much fun in the clearing. <laughs> I don't know. So Jacob's not there. None of the other pack are there. I guess they're all still blindsided because Alice certainly didn't see it coming. And so then Edward, he gets on to Victoria. His mouth brushes once across her neck like a caress. And then the fiery tangle of hair was no longer connected to the rest of her body. The shivering orange waves fell to the ground and bounced once before rolling towards the trees. So her head's been chopped off and that's the end of the chapter. Love that. Oh, bit of action. Well, rest in peace, Victoria. She really dispatched of James in like two chapters, but she stretched Victoria out as a threat for two whole books. And that's quite commendable, Stephanie. I I don't know how you did it. Especially when it turns out she wasn't that hard to kill. How she evaded like six or seven werewolves chasing her down for a whole book <laughs> and and a whole pack of Cullens. <laughs> and she just kept getting away. And then all it took was Edward saying, actually, don't escape. And she was like, all right, you got me. <laughs> what an easy dispatch. Um, and again, I well, we don't know for sure yet. We'll have to find out next chapter what the casualty list is. But I'm suspecting everyone lived because in the world of Stephanie Meyer, the good guys don't die unless you're Harry Clearwater. Rest in peace. So I will see you guys next week for chapter 25 titled Mirror. 
And in the meantime, I'm going to go get my blood pressure checked. I'll see you next week. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm.